Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here along with the international man of mystery, Dalton. You all have absolutely no idea why we call him that. Oh, man. But let me tell you, it's it's legit. Shit is legit, okay? I, I'm just going to put it like that. This guy, we find out new things about him each and every week with, I'm quite sure, more stories to come. Right, Dalton? Uh, if if the powers that be that surround me have, you know, any any couth, they won't let you know any more than you already do. But I'm sure you're going to find out more. I mean, hell, you spent a whole four-day weekend with me in Orlando, and I thought we got along pretty well. We did. But- we got along great, but uh, yeah, apparently I have a whole backlog of of terrible things that I have done. <laughs> See, I think the more that I get to know you and the more that we hang out in person, the more of the real Dalton is going to come out. And with that being said, we do have SummerSlam coming up, so I don't know. And the, I'm the- telling you right now, that's going to be fucking amazing. And by the way, for those who may be interested... Uh, we are indeed going to SummerSlam. Uh, it's going to be a big shebang. And two of those of us who are going um, have already purchased our tickets to Brooklyn. So we're ready to go. Yes, this is going to be the largest collection of PWF Empire contributors in one place at one time. Just based off of the people who are already confirmed to go and we're you know, getting our stuff together getting ready for SummerSlam it's already going to be the biggest and we have no idea who all is coming yet so with the bare minimum this is going to be like this is going to be some good stuff I'm going to make sure I take some pictures we have to do one video it's probably going to be chaos but we have to do one video at least one with everybody like in front of the camera that's going to be some crazy stuff I can't wait so we get there, but before we do, we do have some things to discuss. One of those things being the big news of the week that Braun Strowman will be out of action. And this, what we saw on Monday Night Raw, the taped episode that they did over in the UK, that was WWE's way of writing him off TV. Apparently, he's going to be undergoing a minor procedure to fix some issues with his elbow and that procedure, that surgery, will take him out of action for four to eight weeks. Braun Strowman, at this point in his WWE career, on fire. He's getting a monster push for him to go out in this way. And I know it's only four to eight weeks. When you Look in the grand scheme of things, that is not that much time, but it's just that when that time is happening, this is the biggest that Braun Strowman has ever been in his entire career. You could tell that WWE was angling Braun towards the Universal Championship, a possible showdown with Brock Lesnar, and then, you know, Roman Reigns, he's a big star in and of himself, and the feud between those two, it isn't really uh, concluded. It's still going on, so a lot of stuff going on for Braun Strowman, but we got to press that pause button because of an injury. It's never a good time to see somebody get hurt, Um, and it certainly isn't right now with us going into the biggest pay-per-view of the summer, SummerSlam. Great balls of of fire. (laughs) Shit. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, people are jumping up and down, getting ready to buy those. You know those people that already bought those tickets probably were buying one, not even knowing what the name of the event was. Yeah, I think it was, uh, was it Bad Blood or something else? As they, they just announced Great Balls of Fire like a few weeks to like a month ago. That That's fairly new. Lord knows, you know, what must have been going on in that conference room when somebody okayed that idea. Mm. Um, but here's the issue with the Stroman injury. Like, no one wants to see someone hurt, uh, good or bad. And sure, Stroman's going to be benefiting when he comes back because their book uh, – sorry, not booking. They're billing his injury as a torn rotator cuff. Then, given what we saw on Monday night, you know, Reigns looking badass, beating the fuck out of Strowman, okay, it's believable that that could be what you received. And a torn rotator cuff is a serious injury. It put Cesaro out for six months uh, last year. Or was it 2015? Which which year was the year of the forever injuries? You're asking the wrong person. I, <laughs> I think it was 2015. I think it was, well, but yeah, I, I am not a historian. I'll go ahead and say that. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Uh, probably not some bag cereal. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not bag cereal. Given uh, Braun Strowman's injury, he was on fire. And <clears throat> this really throws a wrench in the plans, not only for Great Balls of Fire, but SummerSlam. With us going to that, I'm interested to see, are they going to hold up? with the Strowman lesnar angle. Um, I would have assumed they would have put that on at SummerSlam and then had them touch Reigns and Lesnar going in closer to WrestleMania, if that was what was supposed to be. Now with Strowman really cooling off in this next four to eight weeks, I mean four at the absolute minimum, um, it makes me wonder what they're going to do in the meantime. I personally think... They're probably going to put Big Show and Reigns together at Extreme Rules, and somebody might say, "Oh shit, I don't want to see a you know uh, a show match." But do you guys remember two years ago, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns and Big Show at Extreme Rules was surprisingly, surprisingly good. That was a damn good match, and plus, also with the way the WWE has been utilizing Big Show lately with Braun Strowman, that to me is not really out of the question. It's just that we were at a point in time where WWE was overusing the Big Show, and of course, some of that comes into play. You know, no matter what somebody can do in the ring, if we don't like how they're being, you know, utilized on TV, where it's like, goddamn, we're seeing this person way too much and i just hate the way the wwe is just forcing this person on tv that leads us to not really want to see that person so uh, i think that since wwe has moved past that and i like the way that they're utilizing the big show maybe that is a possibility but you know who knows that's only one option and then you also have to take into account you know braun Strowman. Could he be back in time to a point where the plans are not drastically altered and taken too much off course? Because that's one thing that you definitely have to think about with Braun Strowman being out on an injury. You know, how long is he going to be out and how far does WWE have to go away from that main road of what it is that they wanted to do? Because you get something like this that's completely unpredictable. Hell, it's like dominoes. You don't just affect that one. When that one falls, another one falls, another one falls, so on and so forth. And you have to like completely change up the whole uh, game plan. So I'm hoping that this doesn't disturb things too much and that Braun Strowman is back as soon as he possibly can be. 
you know, while maintaining that safety and that health, and he's back to 100%. Shit, talk to John Cena. Let him, yeah, eat, let him eat, borrow eat your... John Cena's eating. <laughs> let, John Cena, just let him borrow the superhero, you know, heal, healing powers, those mutant powers that you have, just for, the, just for the next few weeks. I mean, there's something to be gained by coming back as soon as uh, he is purported to be, if he only takes out four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as long as he comes back and capitalizes if they actually address why he went out um, and play up the fact that he did return in such a fast way, um, coming back looking as strong as he does, there's something to be gained. It's You can turn this really crappy situation into a positive. Um, but you know that remains to be seen how they're going to make him look. I would certainly hope that you know this is one of those times where I have been getting on to Braun Strowman about cowering away, but you had every reason to this week, mm-hmm. and it made – and it didn't just, you know, it didn't just serve a purpose for uh, Braun Strowman being written off TV. Roman Reigns in that moment actually looked like what I was hoping he would yes. look like, like coming out of uh, this whole Undertaker mess at WrestleMania. That's a person that Roman Reigns that we saw on Monday Night Raw. That's a person that's capable of beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania. What I've seen from him previously, I've had some issues with the way the WWE has been handling him. And honestly, I was at a point where it's like, I don't even see that anymore. Like that's not even a thing. Like Roman Reigns is no longer quote unquote, the guy that beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And do you remember how long Brock Lesnar fed off of ending the streak? Oh yeah. It was part of it was part of Heyman's stick for like six months later. Yeah, and that's the thing with WWE. This is not some shit that you can just squander. Like, you have to every single time. And I, I'm not BSing here. Every single time you book Roman Reigns, you have to ask yourself the question, is what he's about to do something that will reflect a man that's capable of ending the career of The Undertaker? And if the answer to that question is not yes, go back to the drawing board. Go back to the freaking drawing board because that's something that you absolutely cannot squander because that's a huge thing. And WWE has to strike a certain balance to where, yes, we acknowledge Braun Strowman to be the monster that he is while also Roman Reigns. That's the guy that was capable of beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Like, we can't forget about that. You cannot allow us to forget about it. No, not... You have an opportunity to project a superstar like Roman Reigns. We've, we've even mentioned, at this point, because of that victory, he's propelled himself into a bracket of superstars. If you look at the whole roster like a tier system, he's propelled himself into a spot that nobody else exists in. So you have to actually address the fact... Well, there are a sits... few other people exist there. Hmm. Okay, Lesnar. Yeah. yeah who who at this point is a ghost he is ghosting the wwe he's propelled himself into this bracket where only a few people sit there and you have to play that up on television and um given the attack that happened on monday night raw i felt it perfectly fit where he's supposed to go it provided a good reason as to why Strowman is off television made roman look strong now when Strowman does come back Keep it moving. Uh-huh. So, speaking of keeping things moving, where are we going to next? You want to talk about um, Little Miss Bliss? About my, yeah, my homegirl, Little Miss Bliss. 
So here's what I think, you know, we've addressed by and large Raw and SmackDown for that matter were kind of inconsequential because, well, they're over in the UK. And, and you know what? I'm glad be... they get shitty shows, if I'm being completely honest, because they are. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say this. WWE UK fans are number one when it comes to obnoxious ass wrestling fans. I put them above New York crowds and because New York crowds are obnoxious as hell, too. Um and I was going to say I put them above the post-Mania Raw crowds, but let's go ahead and call a spade a spade. Most of the people in the audience in the post-Mania Raw crowds are from the freaking UK, so they bring their bullshit over here. But the reason why I say that they're so obnoxious is because I'm quite sure WWE could sell tickets to an empty arena meaning that no matches are going on as long as they have the opportunity to chant for something or shit not even chant for something just chant period they're going to be satisfied you can have an empty goddamn ring they'll chant all night after paying a hundred dollars for a ticket and they'll be perfectly fine with it because all that's all they want to do they all they want to I mean, do is come up with a chant and just do some shit. They don't care much about the show. That's why I'm glad they got a shitty show. Well, see, here's the issue I have with that. And like I have I have to agree with you in that I'm I'm, you know, a little bit selfish and glad that they do get those sometimes so that the good shows are saved for us Americans. Well, American Canadians in my case. Um but I think it's a cyclical issue because if you look, if you actually listen to the crowd on Monday, you could tell there was something going on. They were definitely muted because yeah. they you can hear a pin drop in the opening segment with Dean and Strowman and Kalisto. And that's not just because Kalisto was there. It's because I think they were fearful, uh, WWE backstage. They were fearful of the reaction Reigns was going to get. And because they were fearful of him, we have to mute the whole show. See, it, it gets to a point where... You saying something like that, I'm not saying that you're wrong. What I'm saying is, if you are right, that reaches a level of incompetence that I am not sure anybody could arrive at. Not even WWE's creative team, because it's like, you gave people a reason to boo the dude now. You acknowledged it. You brought it into storyline the night after WrestleMania. How in the hell could you expect for people to cheer him or be surprised when they don't? So I don't know if it's like a thing specifically about Roman Reigns, because if that was the case, then they would have just edited his specific segment. It's just that I think that they know that the UK crowd is prone to going rogue. So they're like, you know what? Let's not even give them the satisfaction. Let's, you know, turn this down a few notches and, you know, that's how we're going to handle them. And, you know, you know, looking at what they did, I have no problem with them taking a proactive approach to something like that. But looking at their reactions, sure, Roman got exactly what you would expect for him to get. But beyond that, the only other part of the night, going back to Miss Bliss, uh, on Monday Night Raw at least, that had a pulse was this women's division match and their segment uh, prior. 
I think they were taking an overreaching, you know, they really wanted to cut any kind of problem off at the pass, and perhaps they stepped too far. But I'm not saying that crowd reactions make a show, but they certainly help when <laughs> they're raucous no matter which way they go. And part of the reason why I think both Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, for that matter, were so bad, at least on TV, was because the crowd was sitting on their hands for the majority of the show. And it's they're doing that prior to, before, prior to seeing anything that's going on in the ring, prior to seeing any kind of uh, storyline. So it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you don't turn the mics down, you could face the issue of getting the reaction you don't want. But if you keep the mics on, you could still face that issue. Hey, turn them off. Turn them I, off. Um, I guess it's better that way. At least we're not getting, you know, sexually explicit chants. You don't know what, you know, the UK fans are going to bring. Going back to Miss Bliss, though, I think Alexa Bliss is making great strides over in the uh, Raw Women's Division. And when you look at Charlotte having moved over to SmackDown, you have to have somebody who fills that kingpin female position over on Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason Alexa Bliss works so well is because when I look at her, I don't feel like she's coming off as an actor. I don't feel like she's playing a part. I don't feel like she's reading a script. When she sneers, when she smirks, when she plays with the crowd and, and shoot, when the crowd gives her the what chant and she throws it right back in their face, she's done that on multiple points, yes. by the way. And I love it when she does that. Mm -hmm. I feel like Bliss does not care whether the fans are there or not. She's got a point to make, and whether she's making it to two people or 2,000 people, she could care less. Yeah, the thing about Alexa Bliss, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the character that she plays, she does it perfectly. So much so to the point where you don't know where, you know, the person behind the character ends and the character begins because they go so well together they, they they're just hand in hand she is amazing at what she does and it took me a while to get to a point where i saw her performing at a high level and demanding that position but now that i am there i gotta give credit where credit is due alexa bliss she's knocking it out of the damn park it sounds very weird to see that she is the most winningest female champion in WWE when it comes to nah shit nah that's definitely Sasha Banks and uh Charlotte because they've done it fifty yeah. times back and forth. What I mean is from SmackDown and Raw, the fact that she is the first woman to win both the women's titles on the different brands. It mm -hmm. sounds crazy knowing that she's not a part of that four horsewomen core group. The fact that she never had a run at the NXT Women's Championship. So it's it, it, once I get over that hump and I just look at, okay, what is she bringing to the table? She's bringing a whole hell of a lot to the table. And, uh, you know, all of it, I'm liking. And that's the thing. Um, you mentioned that she wasn't a part of the four horsewomen. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, if you're Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, or Becky Lynch, you've got that going for you in your back pocket. But... Since Alexa came in as the second wave after the women's revolution, mm -hmm. you know, she has to carry the momentum that they've brought to the table. And I think with a character like hers that's arrogant 
and a cowardly heel when the situation calls for it, it works to her benefit. But at the same time, she delivers on TV. You know, the, the one complaint I think, and even Manny brought this up, and I, I don't get why Manny doesn't, you know, I don't get what Manny doesn't see about Alexa Bliss's character. Um, but the one thing I can say, I can concede, is that Alexa Bliss in the ring is not the most solid, and that shows yeah. because she's only been she's only been in the company uh, developmental and all for what three years or so, so she is quite green. However, when you don't put her in there with Mickey James and give her other people to work with, it turns out to work out in her favor, and. I'm actually liking uh, the pair of Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, by the way. Uh, Nia Jax has basically aligned herself with Alexa Bliss and said, okay, you think I'm so great? You think, you know, I'm top dog? I'll be your best friend. And, and you know, you go talk to Stephanie. You go talk to Kurt. See what you can work out. When you do, I'll be here waiting to grab your title. I actually like that idea. It's, it's using, uh, in Nia Jax's favor, it's using the fact that She'll play buddy-buddy with the other female superstars and then strike her opportunity when the moment comes. And taking somebody who is as small as Alexa Bliss with somebody who is as big as Nia Jax, I think um, there's a lot to be gained there as far as what you can do within the ring, and I'm enjoying it. I want to move over to the uh, SmackDown side now. Because while I may be enjoying what I see on Raw, I'm seeing some issues come into play. I gave WWE the SmackDown team props a few weeks ago when I said that even though AJ Styles and Charlotte are faces now, I'm it, it's wonderful to see that they maintain their edge because one thing that I can't stand is when somebody goes from a heel to a face and their personality just completely changes. Like it shifts to the point where it's like who the hell is this person? I'm at a point right now, based off of what I saw on this last episode of SmackDown, I'm looking at Charlotte and I'm like, who the hell is this person? Because if you know Charlotte, she is obsessed with being the queen. She She's obsessed with gold. She's obsessed with a throne. And that all is represented in that SmackDown Women's Championship. The fact that you had this welcoming committee interfere in the Women's Championship match Charlotte, at this point, is not competing for the title because she's too busy, you know, trying to stave off the welcoming committee. That's all fine and dandy. The, it, the point that I have an issue with is the fact that she has now lost sight of what it is that she truly desires. Like, she's become Naomi's best goddamn friend. And <laughs> I'm seeing all of these pictures that they post on Twitter, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, love each and every one of them. Stop. Please stop. Like, or you don't even have to stop necessarily. I just need to see a scowl on Charlotte's face. I need to see that one moment where they're on TV and Charlotte just happens to give a little sideways glance Please to the do. championship. Just, just remind me that she has not lost focus of what it is that she's there for because she's not there to make friends. She is not there to defeat the welcoming committee. She is there to win the women's championship. And if she has to go through the welcoming committee, the welcoming committee to get there, 
then that's what she's going to do. But don't forget the ultimate goal. And it seems like they're doing it right now. Yeah. For somebody uh, who Shane McMahon said was the biggest acquisition in the entire Superstar shakeup, uh, with it being Charlotte going over to SmackDown, for somebody to go from that stature down to this six-man tag, you know, I kind of have to pay mind to what Cass was saying, saying, you know, if she moves over there, you're going to get a whole lot of multi-woman matches. And I understand that's due to the number of competitors we have in that uh, division, but that's neither here nor there. With someone like Charlotte, whose main focus, as Jay mentioned, is supposed to be the women's championship, I find it very hard to believe that she's satisfied taking, you know, a back seat and playing second fiddle to Naomi and Becky Lynch. You know, I see these pictures that uh, Tony's been crazy about, and a lot of people have been crazy about, not just Tony. The she yield with all three of them standing together holding the fist up, that that's corny to me. I'm sorry. That's just really corny. But great, cool, you've got a point of comparison. Nice. Please, you know, they say subtlety is the best thing. No, like be belligerent with it. Be obnoxious about it. I I, I don't want to see um, – I don't want to have to question where Charlotte's motivations are anymore because I don't believe for a second she's satisfied coming down to Becky Lynch's level and mm-hmm. coming down to Naomi's level. She wants Naomi right where she wants her one-on-one. Whether, you know, fuck Naomi. If it wasn't Naomi, it would be whoever the uh, current – women's champion is mm-hmm. and this it's not to say that the welcoming committee the welcoming committee is doing bad necessarily but this yeah. is a huge step down for charlotte and i'm not satisfied with where she is and you know what also on the point of naomi because if you take into account the fact that charlotte she's the biggest acquisition in the superstar shakeup, she was supposed to come and she was supposed to shake the table she was supposed to you know completely take over shouldn't naomi be feeling some kind of way too and she's you know shouldn't she be like okay well when this is all over and done with then it's back to me and you because you think you're the best and i know i'm better than you i have this title for a reason and you thinking that you're just gonna come in here and roll right over me and take it and you know you ascend to the throne Uh -uh, that's Uh -uh, not gonna happen like both of them should be feeling some type of way to a point where you don't have to be friends to go whoop some ass. You don't have to do that as long as you understand that, okay, here is what we need to do right now. But once we get rid of them, then it's me and you. Then it's on and popping. Then we're going to get back to the real business. This is not necessarily the real business. You just have to neutralize them to get back to where you originally were. And I'm not necessarily saying that WWE won't ever get back to that point, but you need to tell those stories right now. You need to tell those stories right now. Like you can actually do two things at once. You can say, okay, we're coming together to whoop their asses, but remember, This is what it's all about, this women's championship, and you can't lose sight of that. I actually like what I'm seeing, but it's just that you have to add that extra piece on for it to be a complete picture, because without it, I got issues. I got issues. (laughs) Um, Please get your shit together, SmackDown. By SummerSlam, preferably, because, you know, I will be in attendance. We all will be. We all want to see that singles women's championship match i'd much rather see that feud than have more multi-woman matches um 
Please, WWE. That's all I'm asking. Just I'm not. I'm tweaks. not. Some tweaks. Just do it. Just a little bit. Yeah. That's okay. all you gotta do. <laughs> um. Hmm. Can I we say uh little tweaks? Uh. I don't know. This one. This this isn't gonna need a little tweak. This is gonna need a twonk. Right. I think I know where you're going with this. This whole Jinder Mahal thing. Why? You know, I don't know. Should... Maybe I shouldn't care as much as I do because I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, Jinder Mahal pinned Randy Orton. But like, who do, who is Randy Orton at this point? Who, who the fuck is he? Maybe he's just content with what he's done in his career. You know, I wouldn't necessarily assume Randy is that hospitable, but we can sit here and, and, you know, scream until the cows come home about the fact that why the hell is somebody in Jinder Mahal's position in the position that he is? Why is he positioned as the next number one contender for the WWE championship? But honestly, I appreciate that even with this confusing booking decision, they're giving this some consistency. They're not letting us forget that Jinder Mahal is the next number one contender. They're not missing any opportunity to get more heat on him. And look at what they've done since he's been put in that position. He's taken three, four, at least three different pinfall victories on television. One over Randy Orton. I mean, it's still a weird choice. And I'm I'm not going to sit here in front and try to tell you that Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal is a match I want to see. But... I do have to say, at the very least, they're making Jinder Mahal look convincing, at least. And that, that, I can't fault them for that. That's, and I like the presence yeah. that he brings to the table. Like, there, there's something about him that if this was another life, you know, from alternate universe, where he actually was built up to this point, then I'd get it. But realize... That when you say you appreciate what they're doing with him, giving him the pinfall victories and things like that, that is not the difficult part. The difficult part is building the guy up. And that's what they chose to, you know, uh, we're just going to press the fast forward button on that. You know, boom. Okay, he's number one contender now. Now let's start giving him the pinfall victories. It's like once you buy into WWE's bullshit and meet their crappy standard they're doing okay or they're doing a good job within their bullshit they're doing a good job but my problem is that we are in the bs like we're there that's what i have an issue with and i don't know this is one of those things that i am simply not going to get over the only thing that they can honestly do to um get me to a point where I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm rocking with Jinder Mahal 100%. It's build a time machine, and I don't see <laughs> that happening anytime soon. So, I mean, I guess I could, you know, jump over to your side where it's like, yeah, they're doing good stuff. But then again, it it's is not that they're doing good stuff. It's that they're not doing bad stuff. Okay. I'm, yeah. I, I'm giving them the pass by virtue of it's not unwatchable. It's not something I'm jumping up and going, yay, you're my next number one contender. It's just, okay, it wasn't complete garbage. And mm -hmm. speaking of time machines, I understand how Jinder Mahal's anti-American character um, would fit better in olden days. 
uh, in years past. This would have worked a whole lot better. But, you know, Smarky fans will be Smarky fans, and they won't, you know, refuse to let us know that Jinder Mahal's doesn't claim India as his nationality. He's actually Canadian. Hmm. So some people some people are just dismissing it on that fact. You know, you can't look over the fact that no, you you weren't born in India. You don't nor does he claim India as, you know, his homeland. It's I mean, like if we're going to do that, can can I go ahead and ruin everyone's lives and say that Chris Jericho was actually born in the United States? Oh, you're hurting. You're hurting. All five people that really were <laughs> invested in that. No, because Chris Jericho being Canadian, that's a big part of uh, who he is. But, you know, technically he was born in the United States. so. Well, I mean, Canada does offer dual citizenship. It's not the hardest thing in the world to get a citizenship with them. Yeah, um, you, you'd know, right? I would. I would. It happened. <laughs> International man of mystery there. Gosh. Transitioning into uh, more of what SmackDown has to offer, though, you talked about a twonk, and I'm still not 100% sure what that is. It's a big version of a tweak. Okay. A twonk. Here's something I think that needs a twonk, and that is Nakamura's presence on SmackDown. Okay. Now, I understand that Shinsuke Nakamura is a kind of character... Uh, looking strictly at his skill set, who probably shouldn't be talking on the mic a whole lot. He's got charisma that just emanates from him. He's, you know, with his facial expressions, his body movements, his entrance, the whole nine. He's somebody that doesn't need to talk on the microphone. Um, so you would naturally assume that the person he's feuding with in Dolph Ziggler would take the uh, lion's share of the vocal duties when it comes to promos and building up their match. Unfortunately. Dolph Ziggler's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing with the meat of their feud being built on the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura resembles Michael Jackson in body type and his mannerisms is absolute bullshit. You know, he wears a red, he wears red wrestling gear, so he kind of looks like Michael Jackson. And I have no doubt that they're going to have a good match. But it's SmackDown's obligation. No matter who Nakamura is feuding with, here is somebody who the hardcore fans are pretty aware of who he is. Um, and he's come from a huge wrestling background in New Japan. We know who he is. But for the mainstream fan, you have an obligation to introduce us to this new character and tell us what he's all about. And so does uh, Nakamura's opponent. And... You know, something like degrading him and comparing him to a pop superstar that doesn't have the most positive things to speak about. Um, and you noticed what they mentioned about the fact that he came from a you know a small family in Detroit. Uh, he sang with his brothers, and they avoided some obvious Indiana. Things. Indiana, I'm sorry. I, clearly, I'm not the most aware. They avoided some obvious things to mention, but that kind of thing, when you're clowning on your opponent, works if the audience knows who his opponent actually is. Like, okay, you're making fun of something that, you know, on the surface looks funny. The problem is, the general fans aren't aware of who Nakamura is, and when all you give us to learn about him is that he's a joke, that really degrades his character. That hurts Nakamura's presence for me, and you know, I, being something of a hardcore fan, can be aware of what he really is, Mm -hmm. but... That whole – the effort Ziggler put out was very crappy WWE comedy, and 
it made me roll my eyes at my television. I guess I get what you're saying because it's like if if if, if Ziggler is putting fake news out there, you know, those alternative facts, <laughs> it's not enough for WWE to assume that okay, um everybody gets it. Like they understand what's going on. Like you have to replace that with the truth. Like you, you you're you're telling us in a jokey manner, okay, you know, this is who Nakamura is. You kind of have to replace that. Like, okay, no, this is really who Nakamura is. And we haven't really gotten that. And I don't know, maybe it's by design, though, because maybe he's meant to be this. And man I, this of mystery? Is, yeah, international man of mystery. And yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, that, like, it's like they're booking Nakamura as if he's not even a real person. Like, he's just an entity. Like, he's just a being. And I don't even know if this makes sense because this is honestly, like, it's it's just coming to me right now. Like, literally, all of this stuff is populating my mind. But it's like Nakamura, the way that they book him, the way that they talk about him, the way that they reference his charisma and his presence, it's like... Shinsuke Nakamura isn't even a human being. He's just uh he he's just like an entity. He's he's charisma in what looks like human form. Like it, it it's something about him that is kind of like otherworldly. That that's what I think that they're trying to tell us. Like not really supernatural, but just like just like not human. Knowing WWE's track record with addressing elements of characters or characters themselves that have an otherworldly presence, if that's the direction they're going, I'm really fearful because Bray Wyatt's doing amazing right now, right? Okay. We've changed (laughs) the definition of what amazing is, apparently. Clearly. It's their obligation to tell us what this character is, and sure— us as ultra wrestling fans, we could possibly give in to the fact that, oh, there's mystery there. So we should naturally want to see, you know, what he's about by virtue of the fact of us them not telling us anything. But that doesn't work for me. Yeah, but- and and let me just go ahead and say, like, all of that stuff just popped in my mind, and I was just, you know, going with the flow. That's in my nature as a story guy, someone who goes searching and digging for story and character development and things like that. Honestly, it, it, they could be in a situation where they don't know who the fuck he is. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, let's just put him on TV. You know, he he looks nice, so people will cheer for him, you know, and they they, they channel on with his theme. That, that That's all we need. So that, that could be the case. <laughs> they don't know who the fuck he is, so how are they going to tell us who he is? <laughs> how are we to develop any kind of knowledge of who he is? This is, you know... He's got the same kind of uh, backing that I think an AJ Styles did. Not in that anybody will cheer for him, but if when when AJ Styles came in, clearly he was cheered because oh we know who you are, we love you AJ Styles, we know what you can do. You've got that backing with the hardcore fans, but it's your obligation to carry that over to the general populace. And I and I think at the very least you need to run over Ziggler because fuck Ziggler, <laughs> and. Progress with somebody else because I have I have no doubt I'm not mad about the match that's going to happen I know the match is going to be good but I'm looking strictly at character here and shoot I don't think 
I truly don't think they know who Nakamura is and what to tell us. And maybe they're going to have to move him into speaking more. I, from what I've heard on SmackDown, he apparently knows more English than I gave him credit for. Oh so yeah, he knows like... English. He can, he can cut a promo, but Nakamura cuts different kinds of promos. Like he's not the guy. You're not going to get 15 minutes out of him. You're not going to get a a good back and forth promo out of him. He knows how to hit his spots and let him. You know, he he knows how to ride on his charisma to where he knows how to get the crowd to cheer for him to a point where he just says something, you know, he throws out some red meat to the crowd and they just, you know, jump on it and they cheer where he doesn't have to say much because it's like what he says, they take it and they run with it. So that's who Nakamura is on the mic. Well, all I'm asking WWE is give me a little more because, you know, you can't treat this like you're a Pokemon. Just say your name. I'm going to need a little more than that, WWE. Well, m- maybe Dolph Ziggler actually was telling the truth then. Maybe his real name is Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Grew up in Gary, Indiana. Started a band with his brothers and stuff. Oh, my God. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, anything else you want to talk about? Um, not immediately coming out of this week. That's what I was saying. This week was highly inconsequential. I, I don't understand... Maybe it's us being selfish, but pardon me for asking for more storyline development. Well, it was in the UK, so I'll give them a pass. Because <laughs> fuck those guys. Not all of them. There are some nice UK folks over there. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> the yeah. author of the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's nice. I'm sure she wasn't at the show, though, so fuck them. Um, some interesting news that I read. Uh, there apparently is a Vince McMahon um, biopic in the work. And I, I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. It, It's like a, a biography of Vince McMahon in movie form. Okay. So apparently that's in the works and John Cena was interested in playing the role of Vince. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing where knowing the person that Vince McMahon is, they're going to take so many liberties with what actually happened, you know, cuz Vince Vince being the proud guy that he is, I'm sure he's willing to play up what has happened in his actual life to mm-hmm. make himself look better. And that's who wouldn't do it in that position. Well, but, see, that's the, the the interesting thing about this is I don't think this is going to be a WWE movie. They may need like approval to get the thing up and off the ground, but I don't think that this will be like, you know, WWE from, you know, top to bottom and that's going to be an interesting thing like if it is going to do if it is going to turn into a movie what type of involvement is wwe going to have in it because the more involvement that wwe has in it i honestly think the less of the real story we're going to get or maybe maybe i won't say that but it's just that it's going to be angled from a perspective where the real juicy shit we're not going to get to and you know I can understand why they might want to frame it in that way because there's certain things, ignoring Vince McMahon, there's certain things in anyone's life that you probably wouldn't want getting out 
to the public, but especially yeah, because you, of WWE you know, in the position. That, right. Yeah. Oh my God! Really? Anyway, <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't need to know about that shit. Wow, this week has just been. You've learned so much about me. <laughs> WWE being in the position that they're in. Can I just say that you gave me something right there that I? It's like hurting me to pass up on it, but you know, I, I'd I'm love for you to tell moving. me off air. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's amazing, and I'm gonna die laughing. But I'd rather you know. Let's not let all that get out. Okay. <laughs> Um, WWE being a publicly traded company and knowing the position they're in, if they want to keep true to some of the darker things that Vince McMahon has been through, through some of the legal issues he's had, um, they might be weary of putting that out in the biopic then. Um, and so it, yeah, it doesn't, man, it doesn't have to go as far as being 100% true to what has actually happened to Vince McMahon. But it's something that I think we as uh, hardcore WWE fans Mm -hmm. would want to see, especially if they're going to throw in, you know, comedy, because I I don't doubt that if John Cena is taking the role of Vince McMahon, that there's going to be comedy in there. See, the thing with John Cena, though, he said he would like to play the role, but he knows that there's probably a better person out there for it. And I don't, like, John Cena as Vince, that would be a total mind fuck because you stole the words out of my mouth i was just gonna say it's we know both of these people and to see john cena playing his boss they they have two very distinct personalities where it's like oh my god like i would have to get over that like even when i watch rock movies of the few that i have watched just trying to detach from you know the rock and like okay this is an actor who is playing a character, but I've seen, you know, this character, The Rock, for, you know, so many years and just trying to uh, detach that, but that would be really crazy. Um, I just watched a video the other day about the territory days and how Vince McMahon came on the scene in the 80s and, you know, he shook up the system and... He kind of like walked over them to get WWE to the point that it is right now. Just that aspect of Vince McMahon's life, even outside of the possible scandals. I'm quite sure that, you know, whole era has its own scandal. But just the rise of WWE to this pro wrestling giant, this pro wrestling empire, so to say, that's interesting to me. So if they, the, there are so many different ways that they can examine this and so many different angles that it would be uh, very interesting to just sit back and see what the final product is. But we've seen before they do, you know, based on a true story type movies yeah. and the people who were involved in it or know the history, they're like, oh, that shit didn't happen like that. And that's, you know, highly inaccurate. It'll be like just as wrestling fans to kind of know the history of the business and me being a person who has done research on Vince to sit back and see how they capture all of that in, you know, in a fictional sense. That's going to be that's definitely going to be an experience if it this ever gets is, off uh... the ground. If this goes somewhere, you know, you're going to see the credits roll and it should say 
loosely based on a true story. Because, <laughs> you know, they have to make stuff all dramatic and add, you know, emotion and drama where there is none. But hell, in a life event, you probably don't need to do that. I mean, we know stories. That's the thing about Vince McMahon is that I don't get the impression that they're uh, exaggerating any of his actions as, you know, crazy as we've heard him be over the years. I don't doubt that when they want to show the more dark and juicy sides of Vince McMahon's life, assuming they will do that, there's not going to be a whole lot of exaggeration. And the implications coming out of those, I think, are going to be interesting because if WWE as a whole uh, gets to jurisdict what parts of Vince's life they put in the movie, it would be interesting to say, like, well, Vince, you were involved with X, Y, and Z back in the day, and this is the reaction it got, yet somebody, a superstar on your roster or a superstar that you're working with has been accused of X, Y, and Z, and you're not eliciting the same reaction, um, I feel like it could be used to benefit some people who are, you know, going through the ringer uh, with their employment with Vince McMahon. Speaking of uh, going through the ringer, something came up literally right now. Uh, my buddy actually talked to me earlier this week, and it's that uh, I feel like I have to bring this up. Um, Victoria, former WWE superstar, has gone the way of Paige and Charlotte and had some nude photos leaked. What a big surprise. Now, Victoria is not currently working, at least not, not to my knowledge. She's not currently working with WWE in you know a developmental or on television way. Um, but it makes me wonder, being as, as satirical as I can, is it almost a requirement as a female superstar in this day and age to have nude photos or sex tapes leaked just to keep you relevant? Because I've not seen them. I don't have any interest in seeing them. I saw Charlotte and that made me throw up. So oh, I don't God. I don't have any more. I don't it really makes me wonder, you know, Paige was an incident in and of herself, but Recently, in the past few months, this has been an ongoing thing, and more and more female superstars are doing this. And I'm not here to debate whether or not they were victims or not. I still think this, in, in any situation, having nudes leaked is a terrible thing, and it sucks. Um, but it makes me wonder, is this moving past just unfortunate human errors, or is this actually becoming part of this world, this carny world of wrestling? I honestly think that this is just a reflection of society at this point and the industry of pro wrestling just so happens to be a success a, a segment of society this i hear stuff about this all the time even in the military there's this scandal that's going on on um i'm quite sure like some of it is happening in the air force but specifically with the marines there's this um scandal going on with leaked pictures and videos things that they call um revenge porn where it's like you film something <laughs> with the person that you're in a relationship with and then when you break up you post the videos that you made as a couple online and you know different pictures being leaked and there are sites dedicated to you know female service members you know showing their nude pictures and things like that so back to what i was saying you know 
the military is a part of society. Wrestling is a part of society. I think that this is an overall issue that's coming into play with society and the advancement of technology and it just becoming easier to do things like that. And there are people out there with nefarious intent. If yep. I can get access to what it is that you got going on and I can, you know, push a few buttons and stroke a few keys and, you know, boom. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, and if I can get into your account, I can share some stuff with the world, boom, it ends up happening. So I don't think that this is anything specific about wrestling. It's just that we're having, you know, what, th these three names, Paige, Charlotte, Victoria, I'm quite sure that there are more that we've oh, yet to see. I'm sure there are more just waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. So it's just an overall society thing that just happens to be hitting wrestling. And it's, it's quite unfortunate because I've got a buddy in particular who's kind of got some issues who's just like, I'm waiting for Mickey James. And I'm like, what, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, <laughs> maybe okay. it's just me. Maybe I got my priorities straight. Well, really. I don't... Um... bro, okay. So <laughs> maybe not all my priorities are straight. No, but... I, I'm, I, see, I wasn't even saying that. Like, I, you know what? We'll save that. At no point is what you're referring to ever going to see the light of day with other people. No, I'm not even talking about that. You'll know what I'm talking about once we get off air. I, I see you. <laughs> um, you have anything else you want to mention before we uh, head out? Um, no, honestly, I I hate that that it ends somewhat in a cliffhanger, but I mean, this was a very inconsequential week. There's not a single question I have about the product currently. That I, you know, I'm dying to have answered by next week's programming. I just want to know when is Strowman getting back and how is that affecting our SummerSlam card? Because damn it, I need to see Strowman at SummerSlam. Please me let me see too. Strowman at SummerSlam. Okay. Fuck some shit up. Let's do it. <laughs> That's it for this week of the PWF Empire podcast. We also have another episode up if you haven't checked that one out. It is a review of What Culture Pro Wrestling, No Regrets. It's me, Micah, and also Andrew. Andrew has been trying to talk me into watching What Culture, so this is my first time watching the show, and I give my um, review of what I saw from them, so make sure you all check that out. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Peace. Later days. Gimmick infringement. Damn right.